0: Now when the day of Pentecost came, the believers were together gathered in one place and they heard a sound like a violent rushing wind coming out out of heaven and filling the house where they were staying. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak and to praise God in other languages as the spirit of God enabled them. Welcome to Pentecost. All right, let's let's give it up. Go ahead and grab a seat. Now. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd gathered together in bewilderment. Because each of them were hearing the disciples speak in their native Languages. And I love how the message translation puts us. It says, and they were thunderstruck. Isn't that great? Thunderstruck. They began to ask one another, Aren't all these men Galileans? How is it then that each of us hears them speaking? in our own native language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, people from Egypt and Libya, well, at least near Cyrene, Visitors here from Rome, and not just Jews, but converts to Judaism as well, even Cretans and Arabs. Each of us are hearing them declare the wonders of God in our own language. Amazed, perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? There were some, though, who were gathered there and kind of scoffed at it all. And they laughed at them, saying things like, these people have had too much wine. It was then that Peter, you know, the apostle, you know, Cephas, he stood up with the eleven. And what he did is he raised his voice. He shouted out over the crowd. He got their attention, and he cried out to them, and this is what he said. Fellowship of faith, and all of you who are visiting, and all of you who are listening online, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suppose. It's like what? 10, 15 in the morning. I know that hasn't stopped some people I've known. <laughs> but go with the logic of it. No. No, this... This is what was prophesied and spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters, they'll prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men, they'll dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show them wonders in the heavens above and on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will turn to darkness. The moon will turn to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And all who call upon the name of the Lord, hear this, all, all who call upon the name of the Lord, Will be saved. Hear the words of the prophet Joel today. No matter who you are, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by signs, wonders, and miracles, which God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. And God handed him over to you by deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you... You, with the help of wicked men, you put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead and freed him from the agony of death because death was no match for him. Listen to what David says in the psalms, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue, it rejoices. My body will also live in hope because you, O God, will not abandon me to the grave. You will not let your Holy One's seed decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers and sisters, I can tell you this confidently. David, who wrote that, is dead and buried. And you can find his tomb under the streets of Jerusalem to this day. But this man, David, was a prophet. And he knew that God had promised him on oath that one of his descendants would sit on his throne. And knowing what was to come, he prophesied the coming of the Messiah. God raised this Jesus to life and freed him from death and exalted him to the right hand of God from where he received the promised Holy Spirit. And what he did is he poured it out on us all. As you have heard and just seen. Because David didn't ascend to heaven. But he says, Yahweh said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool, For your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this God made this man Jesus, who you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. That's at least what Peter said to the crowd that was gathered together in bewilderment on that first Pentecost. That's at least what Peter said to the people from every nation under heaven who were gathered in that place that heard the sound, that heard the tongues, that heard the language of the wonders of God being spoken in a way they could understand. It's what he said to them. Those who were perplexed, those who were amazed, those who scoffed, and those who tried to write it off by saying they just had too much wine. It's what Peter shared with them that day. And do you know what happened that day? It says that the people were gathered, who were gathered in that place, it says that there were some among them. There were some who were gathered in that place. That on seeing what they had seen and hearing what they had heard and experiencing what they were experiencing and then understanding what the apostle Peter unfolded, there were some among them who were cut to the heart. Have you ever had that moment? Where in ways maybe you don't even know how to explain, and, and for reasons you don't even know how to attribute, there is something that cuts you to the heart and pins you to the mat. Jesus himself said, I will send my spirit upon you to convict the world of sin, to convict them in realms of sin and judgment and righteousness. Have you ever been convicted in your heart? Where you could see so clearly and you can see so clearly your culpability and that which is impacting you. And they cry out to Peter and the brothers of the apostles who were gathered there that day. And this is the question they ask. Arguably the most important question anyone can ever ask. Brothers, they said, what must we do? What must we do to be saved? And listen clearly. Oh, if you hear nothing else, listen clearly to what Peter said that day. Repent and be baptized, every single one of you, for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And you will receive the gift Of the Holy Spirit. He says that this promise is for you, it's for your children, and it's for those who are far off. Contrary to popular thinking, contrary to what people think Christianity is contrary to everything that people want to cast Jesus and God about. Peter does not stand up that day and say be a better person. He does not stand up that day and say get your right, get your life right with God. He does not stand up that day and say make sure that you accumulate enough good in God's eyes to overshadow and outweigh the bad. He says none of these. Things. No, he says something very different, very radical, very counterintuitive. He says, repent and be baptized. Every single one of you, turn to God. Turn to God, God, and throw yourself on his mercy in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, Come to the water. Let it stand as a sign that you belong to God, that God has called you. Immerse yourself in it, he says. Because as the prophet Joel also wrote, God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, And abounding in love. God is a God who loves. God is a God who forgives. God is a God who saves even those who with the help of wicked men nail his son to a cross. And God's message today is still the same. That is, the prophet Joel said that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts 2 goes on, and it says that with many other words. With many other words, Peter warned them, and he pleaded with them. Save yourself, he said, from this corrupt generation. They are words more timely and relevant than ever. Save yourself from the corruption that we find ourselves immersed in. Save ourselves from the brokenness of a world that is dirty and vandalized. Save yourself from the culture and ways and patterns that leave their stink on our souls and twist and conform. Who we are. Come out of them, the apostle John would write. And as Peter said, turn to Jesus, repent, and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And it says that there were some among the crowd that day, that believed what Peter had to say. And it says that 3,000 were baptized that day. I do not believe that the Holy Spirit acted once in human history on a day called Pentecost 2,000 years ago. I believe that what Jesus says is true. That the spirit of God is alive and he is still on the move. That he is calling people, those who are near and those who are far off. Those who feel as though they have things together and those who know their brokenness. He is calling people, young people and old people. Sons and daughters. Young men and old men. And young women and old women too. And even the lowest among us, the servants, the slaves. That God is still pouring out his spirit there. Yes, even there too. God is pouring out his spirit and he is still calling people to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of all of their sins and that they will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. God has declared it and you can trust it. You can bank on that what God says is true. And I think the worst things that we can do as Christians is to talk about the Bible, hear the words of the Bible, study the words of the Bible, and even maybe do it in Greek and not actually respond to the words of the Bible, to not actually live the words of the Bible. Because the message given by Peter, that first Pentecost, is an ever-living message that marks everything that Christianity is about, that God is giving to you. I am convinced of this. That there are some of you gathered here today that are amazed at what you're experiencing. There are some of you here today who are utterly perplexed, dumbfounded, and have no idea what's going on. I am convinced that there are some of you here today who are asking the question, what does this mean? And I'm convinced that there are some of you here today or saying that guy is nuts. And this is whacked out. And it might be something stronger than wine that they're on. The call of God is to each of you, each and every one of you. And today, we want to give you the opportunity to respond. Maybe you're here today and you are cut to the heart. You're cut to the heart, you're broken. You've spent a life or a season running from God, resisting God, avoiding God, rationalizing God, holding God at arm's distance, or in any other conceivable way, buffering yourself against God because you're afraid of God, and you're afraid of what you feel when you're in God's presence, and you're afraid of the implications of what it means, and you're afraid of what God is going to say to you. Come to the water. Come to the water today. Come in repentance and baptism There are some of you here today who don't even know how to respond. You're on the fence. You're weighing it. You're feeling it. God invites you to take a risk on him, to put him to the test, to see if he is faithful Not through challenges of your own creation and making by which you set the rules of the game and bait him to answer, but instead to risk taking him at his word and seeing what happens by trusting him. There's some of you here today that want nothing to do with it. angry or maybe cynical maybe bitterness has taken root and it's kind of put a veneer over the sensitivity of your soul it's more expedient to scoff or to laugh or to dismiss or to ride out the hour we're so glad that you're here and God is too And I want you to hear this. God loves you. And whatever place you're in, God is inviting you. We want to give each and every one of you an opportunity to repent, or be baptized, or renew. In a moment, I'm going to come down from this platform and stand behind this pedestal that you see. And you're going to see immediately a family where a certain chain reaction is happening who are going to come forward to baptize their children and an adult. And we get to celebrate it. We get to worship the God of heaven who loves this family. But it is not just for them, it is also for you. Maybe you're here today and you haven't been baptized. You don't know if you've been baptized. Come to the water. Or maybe you're here today and you're broken. It's time to renew, it's time to repent. At the sides, we will have elders here to listen to you, to pray with you, to even renew a baptism with you if that is something you desire, to anoint you with oil if you're struggling or sick. There's no pressure in this. There's no expectation to follow a pattern of previous years. No, let God meet you today. And respond as you will. Because God has invited far more than the 3,000 of that first Pentecost to call on his name. Welcome. The saving grace of Jesus the Messiah.